You know how we think that TFR the podcast is the best podcast of all time? Yes, because it is. And that is why Spotify sponsors. Fact. Right, but nothing's ever perfect, is it? We're all about taking fucking risks and pushing boundaries, which is why Spotify for Creatives wants to inspire creatives to do next practices. Do you not mean best practices? Sort of, but instead of taking what's good and copying it, it's all about pushing to make the new audio creative better. Next practices. Interesting. So we're in for a bit of podcast competition. Right, bring it on then, motherfuckers. <laughs> Check out spotifyforcreatives.com if you want to hear some more. Here's the podcast. Welcome to Take Fucking Risks, the podcast for people who give a fuck. Yep, we're the podcast for the rule breakers, the outcasts, the people who think Martin Soul is a right cock. Today we are joined by Kay Scorer. She is currently working with the Teenage Cancer Trust. She's an ex-biochemist, ad agency owner, comedian, yoga teacher, explosive expert and stripper attemptee. <laughs> we'll hear more about that later. Yeah. She's also best friends with one of our best friends, Mark Robinson, Robbo. 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 And fucking Kay, welcome. Welcome, Kay. Hey. Give me a glass. I was about to inappropriately say that sounds just like a Saturday night on my local council estate. <laughs> <laughs> what, the posh end or the uh, not so posh end? <laughs> I live on the edge. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, dears. Thank you so much for inviting me in. Yes. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Okay. Just jump straight in. Just, just jump oh. straight in. You've had loads of jobs, haven't you? I have. Yep. Indeed. Ad agency owner, comedian. There's, what else? There's a few there. Is there any more? Well, for a while when I was at college, I worked on an explosives manufacturing plant test, oh. testing sulfuric and hydrochloric acid strengths. That wow. Was a, Solid. That was a good one. Yeah. yeah. Good yeah. one for the CV. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> explosives expert. <laughs> and I, I once went for a job as a stripper. Oh. Uh, when I was at college, mm -hmm. and I took my shirt off, and the guy just went, nope. Oh, no! <laughs> so I didn't succeed. Rude! In that one. It's, yeah, broke my heart. What an arse. Mm. Missed out, didn't you? Yeah, Big absolutely. <laughs> and we've been married for 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> I broke his nose. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we can add uh, explosives expert and stripper. Attemptee. Attemptee. Failed. Failed stripper. Failed stripper. <laughs> you know, any, anything else? I, I worked in a market research agency called National Opinion Polls. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which is where I met Susan Holder, who I later went on to start a business with. Mm -hmm. Yes. So we would do things like the, you know, the proper opinion polls, like who's going to win the election. Yeah. Uh, the difference was in 76, we used to get it right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what was that in Ukraine? The actors won yeah, their prime minister. He's, he's been comedian. A comedian. He's a comedian. Yes. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because comedians are so much cleverer than politicians, as we all know. I mean, yes. I think that's true, to be honest. It really yeah. is. Yeah. But interestingly, he, he's a comedian that plays the president in a comedy show. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> the irony. Like, it is so fucked up. Yeah. It's like an episode of Black Mirror, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I've just remembered another job. I was on the Shadow Communications Group, so working between, sort of, towards the end of Neil Kinnock and the beginning of Tony Blair. Okay. okay. We worked on Labour Party communication strategy. And my, can I tell you my best story go about on, go that? Go for it. Um, so at the time, we weren't called Shadow Communications Group. We were called Propaganda Unit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I had a job in the States, so I flew into LAX 
and I got stopped at immigration and they found this card in my wallet which said propaganda unit. Yeah. So I get hauled into secondary immigration. Oh no. And I said, well, you know, in my country, we are allowed <laughs> to have an opposition party. That mm. wasn't the brightest thing to say. Yes. <laughs> um, so I was held for three hours because yeah. I was working for the Shadow Communications Group. Oh bloody hell. Proper propaganda. Yeah. Proper propaganda. Yeah. So okay. that's that's pretty. So so you trained as a chemist. That was like your like my degree your was degree. biochemistry. Yes. And I went to work at the Max Planck Institute for Biophysics in Frankfurt. Yes. Mm -hmm. Do you want to know the title of the project I was working on? Yes. yes. Go for it. Okay. The transport of positively charged particles across the erythrocyte membrane. The uh, erythrocyte. I can't even. Yeah. I wouldn't even remember that now. I mean, like, it. like it's immediately after you said it. <laughs> it went in one ear and straight <laughs> back out the other. Erythrocyte is the blood cell. Wow. Yes. So it was all about how do we get drugs into the bloodstream faster. Okay. Yeah. And we worked with radioactively labeled ions watching their journey across the blood cell membrane. Shitting hell. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty That's advanced a, stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then you moved into advertising. <laughs> <laughs> what made you do that? <laughs> Some of the most ridiculous reasons. Yeah. Um, I was actually quite good at biochemistry, even though I always say in stand-up that I was crap at it. But mm. I was quite good. But in biochemistry, you have to specialise and specialise and specialise as you go up. So your field of vision gets narrower. Mm. Yes. And I really didn't want that to happen. So I came back to England and my auntie, who was working in market research at the time, said, and I quote, you should be one of those market research executives because they all sit in a room all day and do bugger all. And you're like, that sounds like a dream. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And because yes. I was good at numbers, I, yeah. um, that's what I did. Sat in a room and did bugger all. Yes. So who did you join? For who, where did you go? What did you join? I joined National Opinion Polls yes. in 1977 or something yes. when the computer was in a room bigger than this mm -hmm. and there were punch cards and all of yes. that. Nice. Did that for a couple of years. Uh, spent a little time in an agency called MIL and then I went to Bose Massimi Pollitt. Yes, mm -hmm. BMP. Yes. So were you there when John Webster was there? I was, yes. indeed. So it was one of the hottest agencies in the UK at the time. I really didn't know at yeah. the time. <laughs> you know. Everyone just looks back to rose-tinted specs. Yeah. yeah. Well, for a start, John Webster, in my view, was absolutely adorable. I loved working with him. Yeah. He would just take a brief and his eyes would light up and he'd run off like a squirrel <laughs> and you know, start doing things with it. And the interviews were so funny. So yeah. I got through all the interviews, but then you had to have an interview with Stanley Pollitt, name yes. on the door. Okay. And he was famous for mumbling. So my interview with him went, um, hi, Mr. Pollitt. And he goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then he went, mumble, 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 3,600 pounds a year, mumble, mumble, mumble. That yeah. was my starting salary there. 3,600 pounds. Yeah, it was a big increase on what was on. I'm so old. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. So then Stanley took me out to lunch to celebrate my new job. And as we're leaving, the receptionist um, in Bishop's Bridge Road said, she whispered out of the corner of her mouth, Remember, the third bottle is Stanley's. <laughs> A proper lunch. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a two two bottles of wine lunch, and then a third bottle arrived. But that was his. Dreamy. So what? You sat there with water? Uh, I was still slowly sipping. Oh, I see. Yeah. I was really out of my depth. <laughs> a bottle I've, in. I've been practicing. <laughs> I so think I'm going to employ that kind of tactic on my lunches from now on. Get them drunk, see how they handle it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, third bottle's mine. <laughs> 
I think get when, them drunk and can they walk you back to the agency? Yeah, can they I, hold I my arms felt, back? <laughs> I felt that was my role, yeah. is to get him back <laughs> safely in one piece. Yeah, as he yeah. come on, Stan mumbles down the road. So that's um, so what? So what was it like? I mean, you said you didn't really know from the outside before you got the job, but once you got there, what was it like? Uh, looking back, it was the most sexist right-wing hellhole yeah. that you could possibly imagine. Yeah. But at the time, A, I didn't really realise, and I think most places were like that anyway. Mm. But I was told things such as there weren't very many women in executive positions, and I would be chatting away to the secretaries mm. with their Olivetti golf ball typewriters. Mm. And I got hauled aside by the head of account management one day and told that I wouldn't get anywhere if I talked to secretaries. Oh, mm. fuck <laughs> off. Fuck off, yeah. Mm, yeah, exactly. Lovely and, bunch of people. And then there would be, you know, lots of inappropriate groping. And oh, God. I was once, um, I don't know if you can even broadcast this, I was once asked if I would sleep with a client. What, to, to win get, it. To win it. Now, we already had it, but I was thinking of putting it out to repitch. Oh. <gasps> Oh, just sleep with him. Oh, fuck. It makes me so angry. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's going to put it out to repitch. He fancies you. Would you? Yeah. You sleep with him. Fuck <laughs> off. No. No, I was more like, if I want to sleep with him, don't worry. I will do it. I don't need the repitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got this girl. Yeah. Oh. yeah, so it was sexist and right wing. Uh, on the other hand, there was a lot of fun. You know, mm. there were some really delightful advertising campaigns mm. when people actually watched ads, which I don't believe they do anymore. Yes, this was back in the day when people actually watched them. Yeah, and talked about them the next day. Yeah. Mm. You know. So then you left uh, BMP and you went yes. to... SJIP BBDO. <laughs> and it was so funny when I left. I was going out with this bloke who was a photographer's agent and he was terribly trendy uh -huh. and really in with the advertising world. And when I came home from my interviews at SJIP and said, I'm going to move from BMP to SJIP, he went, you what? You're going to leave BMP? Nobody leaves BMP. I'm like, well, I don't see any women getting anywhere in mm -hmm. BMP. So what's the point of my staying? So he was absolutely livid. Of course, it was the best move I could have made. Yeah. Because yeah. Iva Samuels, who was one of the few out gay men in advertising at the time, really took me under his wing. He was absolutely adorable to me, gave me loads of power. And... Uh, even lent me the deposit on my first flat, bless him. Oh, wicked. <laughs> yeah. And I had a really great time. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. How yeah. long were you there for? Two years. Yeah. That's the longest I've stayed in any job apart from working for myself. Yeah. yeah. I just get so bored. Really? Yeah. yeah. Even in advertising? I got really tired of advertising by the time I quit, by yeah. 87, 88. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you'd done about, what, 10, 15 years? I'd done 10 years. years. Yeah. yeah. I'd done my time. Yeah. 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 And progressed like and worked at a number of agencies, mm -hmm. clearly like learned a lot, and then you know you went off and did your own thing. Yeah. Well, the trigger. Do you want to know about the trigger to yes. my doing my own thing? Yes, go for it. So I was planning director at Ted Bates London, mm -hmm. and we were working on the launch of M and M's in the UK. So you remember we used to have our own thing, didn't we? It was called Smarties. Yes. Ah, true. Mm. So I was working on that. And Mars loved me and I loved them. There was this marketing director called Henry Jackson who was just my favorite client in the world. Really clever, really funny. I'm having a great time. I get a call from Henry one day in my office and he goes, such great news, Kay, about the Saatchi thing and you're coming with us. Mm -hmm. And I'm, sorry, Henry? Saatchi are buying baits and you're coming with us and you're gonna head up the Mars business. I'm 
sorry, Henry, may I call you back? Mm. I'm on the fucking board and nobody had told me <laughs> that Saatchi had bought us. So yeah. I go storming downstairs, I demand an interview and a delightful gentleman called Martin Sorrell was in the interview. What a cock. Thank you for <laughs> giving me permission. Go mental. Mm. So he said, well, of course you'd be coming along because it's the best possible opportunity for a girl of your age. <laughs> so I said, no, I won't, but you're going to have to pay me to stay on the business. So very clever of me at the time. I got my first freelance job without actually leaving my job because they had to pay me to stay on the Mars business. Mm-hmm. On the way out of this meeting, I went down the lift with Martin and uh, I said I was kind of ready to leave anyway because I'm a bit of a lefty and I'm not really comfortable in advertising. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, you girl planners, you're, <gasps> you're all the same. Yeah, as he walked off to Shepherd's Bush to get his end away. Anyway. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what a cunt. Yeah. Um, yes. Anyway. Thank you. So there we go. So when did the comedy start to come in? Or has that always been there? I assumed it, was, it, it coincided with you when you went freelance. It started when I went to live in L.A. for a couple of years. And at the same time, I sent myself to the Beverly Hills Playhouse, which is a Stanislavski-based acting school. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I loved, I absolutely loved it. had such a great time improvising on stage. Mm-hmm. And I made people laugh because I was, at that time, I was already a lot older than everybody else. And I was English and therefore could say fuck a lot and nobody got too offended. Yeah. So I think it started there, Yeah. That yeah. was when my performing started. So when was that? What sort of... What that was 88... Yeah. 88 through to 90, I guess, yeah. Yeah. And mm. so then, is it been part of... Because you... I remember we were talking about this um, when we were chatting a few weeks ago, and you were saying that you actually used some of the comedy... Things that you, you you use within comedy actually in the internal comms work and the consultancy that you do into P&G and, yes. and, and the likes. Yeah, so I use a lot of improvisation techniques. Yes. And, you know, clients cringe and they go, oh, shit, you're not going to make me do that shit, are you? Yeah. <laughs> and I've often had senior clients say to me, well, you can't ask my people to do that. But they always do. Mm. I think it's, it's partly because I'm a bully <laughs> and it's partly because they do genuinely enjoy it once they get started. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing worse than having to take the plunge. But once you've done it, yeah, actually you can get going and, and then people... They just let themselves go a bit, I think. Yes. Yeah. And it's really refreshing not to have to think about what you're going to say next. It's a bit like this, really. I've no idea. And nor do you. <laughs> yeah. That's part of the fun. Unfortunately true, yeah. 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 And we have a script and everything. Yeah, no, yeah. Like, <laughs> we have no idea. <laughs> what does... So you do a few stand-up gigs and that sort of thing. What does that feel like when you're standing on stage? It's quite a vulnerable thing, I imagine. What does it feel like? It's... Um, I like to describe it as... If, do you ever go skiing? Mm-hmm. Yes. We go as a team. Right. Team ski, as in like we're all like joined. Joined like the, at like the, the hip, like, yes. Like the on con- multiple would, you, skis. would you go sideways or long ways? Would you like go the conga or would you go sideways if you were to do team skiing? Probably um, like your feet would start where mine ended. So like, like a, the conga. a snake. Yeah. The snake. Yeah. Snake <laughs> then, yeah. Chatting such shit. Anyway, there we Sorry, go. Okay. I'm Please glad continue. that we established that. <laughs> I just had to lean back from the microphone there because I was laughing so much at the picture of you all side by side. <laughs> just like linking the woo. Yeah. Okay, so skiing. So <laughs> the analogy was, yeah. you know, I quite often get to the top of a, a ski lift and I realise I'm at the top of a slope that is way too difficult for me. Yes. But I've got to go. You have no choice. It's, that's it, especially if I'm with my brother, who's a much better skier than me. So it's a bit like that. It's like I've got to the top of the ski lift. I've got to go now. Yeah. And in a way, 
it's a mixture of exciting and terrifying. Yeah. So once I start, it's fine. And also, it's again like skiing. You go with the bumps. Mm -hmm. If something's not working, you drop it. If people are laughing, you milk it a bit more. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people laugh at things that you really didn't expect. So that yeah. gives you a little break because they're laughing away and you can go, oh, should I do that bit next? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's exciting. And sometimes it falls completely flat. What's that laugh? That can't be easy. I had a really terrible experience. I got a call once from a guy saying, I need a woman for this comedy gig. He'd obviously got a lineup that was pretty much all male. Mm -hmm. So I said, fine, okay, great. Turned up at this place in Stoke Newington and almost every person in the room was black, male and under 25. Right. And at the time I was doing this piece about when you get trapped on an aeroplane next to a big fat lad who's fallen asleep and you need to pee mm -hmm. and you've got to climb out over him and you've got your crotch in his face. Mm -hmm. I could go on, but you get the idea. <laughs> yeah. And there were no laughs whatsoever. <laughs> but that was what I had at the time. I didn't have anything else. So I came off stage, and this young man very sweetly said to me, I don't want to hear my granny talking about her crotch. Oh. Burn. <laughs> oh, <excuse laughs> yeah. Plus, I've never been on an aeroplane, he said, and I don't think anyone else in here has either. Oh. Yeah. So, big lesson to me is I always try to find out who's going to be there. Good, yes. yeah. Know your audience. Audience, mm. yes, for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Shit. So, what, what do you, are you, because you're on the kind of the stand-up circuit, you know, you're, you're a gigging comedian as much as, as much as it's for the art form. I'm gigging not for money. Well, I've had one paid gig. Oh, Mm. which is a huge breakthrough. Amazing. <laughs> it didn't cover my airfare to get there, but <laughs> I got paid, so I can now say, yes, I'm, I'm gigging. Officially. Yeah. yeah. Um, most of the gigs I do are either bringers or they're for charities, and I do this thing called Nerd Night, mm -hmm. where I bring together all of my skills. This Nerd Night is my favourite thing. Can I give a plug yeah, to Nerd Night? Go, go for it. it. Plug away. So Nerd Night is what it says it's a night for nerds to get together and listen to three presentations and if you're one of the presenters you have to really research your stuff mm -hmm. but you're also encouraged to make it funny okay so the first one i did at nerd night which was last september was in a fight between ebola virus and an angry postmenopausal woman who would win mm -hmm. yeah. and i won yay <laughs> obviously but i'd researched how ebola transmits itself through populations and the effects of menopause and postmenopause on women's attitudes and all that. So that was fun. Um, so, yeah, that's the extent of my comedy stuff. And I write a furious, angry blog, which is sometimes funny. Yes. Sometimes not. Essex, I love that. Um, you, um, you love an uh, expl expletive? Yes. Yes. I yeah. love an expletive. Take fucking risks. Yeah. Um, so I really like your joke about Islington. Um, <laughs> Can <laughs> it really tickled me this afternoon when I when I was uh, when I was listening to it? Like, can you tell it? Come on, put okay. you on the spot. Right, it's a bit of an Islington cliche, mm -hmm. isn't it? A woman who looks like me. So for the listeners, I am white. I am the whitest woman alive. <laughs> I'm very white, and I am of a certain age. And I live in Islington, mm -hmm. on the edge of a big council estate. So people look at me and they go could go one or two ways, couldn't it? She is either best friends with Jeremy Corbyn, she's got an allotment next to his where she grows organic weed, and during the week she takes care of her carefully curated collection of designer mixed-race grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> 
On the other hand, she might have voted UKIP, be about to vote Brexit Party, shrine to Maggie Thatcher in the spare bedroom, <laughs> and she wanks to videos of Nigel Farage giving speeches with a pint in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, so you have to get to know me better to find out which one I am. Will we find out by the end of this podcast? Let's hope so. You're into your politics. I'm into my politics. You're into your politics. I'm from a very political family. Are you? Yeah. My paternal grandmother uh, used to go along with Roy Hattersley's mum to union meetings, and they were the only two women who gave speeches at uh, union meetings in Sheffield. Okay. And my dad... My late dad remembers sitting with Roy Hattersley on a bench that was too high, kicking their feet and wondering, would these two women ever stop talking? Oh, wow. So uh, it's in the blood, really. Yes. Uh, and coming from Yorkshire, you know, it's hard. God's country, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Oh. Jim will be happy. Yeah, Don- I'm Doncaster, born and bred. Oh, I'm sorry, but yeah. at least it's, it's better than Liverpool. Yes. Oh, anything else, yeah. <laughs> South Yorkshire. Doesn't really count, if because um, Jim's from North Yorkshire. Oh, so. Oh. Don't really even really count as Yorkshire. No, no, right. definitely. Is that how it works in Yorkshire? It's, it's, it's quite politics. Sort of, yeah, it's very divisive. <laughs> the north, sometimes also the west, <laughs> east and west parts of Yorkshire as well. <laughs> very divided city. Yeah. So in in your stand up, going back to that again, um, you often use like political views as like a I called it a comedic trigger. Yes. Can you call it that? Um, do you ever get negative reactions from your audience? I haven't so much had negative reactions to my audience because I tend to play in quite lefty inner city areas. Okay. But I get some really ferocious feedback to my blogs sometimes. Online. Yes. Keyboard warriors. Yes. And the one that you mentioned, so the suffragettes, which is about how many people who voted to leave the EU have died Mm -hmm. since they voted and how many young people have come in to voting age. I got seriously attacked on that by somebody who didn't really understand arithmetic. Right. So I got attacked because apparently I was suggesting that anyone who voted to leave the EU should be should be dead. Oh. So they just That's, de- hadn't. that's definitely what you said. <laughs> In my opinion, that's definitely what you said. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they hadn't really understood it, and then they had a proper go at oh, Those fucking mm. keyboard warriors, they just go mad. Mm. Yeah, I had a few yesterday. Yeah. Today. What did I you s- so I, uh, I have a slide in one of my talks that says, uh, fuck white male creative directors. And it's not that I have a problem. I mean, I am a white male creative director. It's not that I have a problem with them. It's just that I think they're there's one of the problems. There's them. too many of them. Yeah. And they're one of the problems with advertising. You know, there's not enough diversity. They're an indication of one of the problems. Mm-hmm. And of course, I write it to be provocative. You know, I don't actually think that we should get rid of all white male creative directors and replace them with... <laughs> 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 Like, like, Bye, but these people actually think that I mean that, yeah. and they take they take the time out of their day to write to me in really not very polite terms. Oh no, the white male creative directors write to you and tell oh, you yeah, how this much is the other thing, of course, is because it's the first time that they've been attacked or they feel like yeah. they've been attacked. Nobody other than white male creative directors is bothered. Are bothered? <laughs> or they so they're agree. the ones that are, yeah. You just like, oh, come on, mate, get with the program. Mm. Quite amusing to read, really. (laughs) I I think the other reason I don't get attacked when I'm doing stand-up, it's the great thing about being an older white woman. No one does? You can get away with anything. (laughs) Murder? Yeah, I think I could. I I really think I could, because everyone goes, oh, look, and she's sweet, she can still walk. (laughs) She can still walk. (laughs) Got over the dagger. (laughs) 
don't get you. And sometimes I think they can't believe what they heard as mm. well. Um, you know, did she really just say wank? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> she can't wank, surely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Must have all fallen out by now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you have to cut that bit as well, won't you? <laughs> no way. <laughs> so what do you think of um, Extinction Rebellion? Oh. It's good. That's politics, isn't it? <laughs> and like wrong, that one. They're, um, they're very much of the moment. They are. They're still, in, they're still camped at Marble Arch. They've been, I think they've been removed from all the other places they were in over the last week or so. Yeah. It's worth saying, because this is going to go out in a couple of weeks, mm. so they may have been moved from there by that point. Or they might have shut London down by then. I mean, who knows? It could go one or two ways. It's true. So what do you think? I was brought up to march. Yeah. I think there were photographs of me on my first of me on my first march when I was two oh, wow. with Granny Scora. So I've always been a fan of if you want something to change, you've actually got to show your face on the street, and you've got to cause trouble. Yeah, you have to be an inconvenience to someone. There's a reason that women chain themselves to the railings to get the vote. Yeah, it was an inconvenience, and something had to be done. So I'm all for that means of protest. I love that it was all started by young people yeah. because my generation, and actually because I'm like a granny generation now, we need to be held to account for this. We have done nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, We knew this was going on back in the 70s and 80s, but we did nothing. So I'm all for it. I haven't, I'm slightly ashamed that I haven't been out there yet, mm. uh, but it doesn't mean I won't. Because yeah. I go on most marches. Yeah, you were the, you were on the Brexit, um, the People's Vote March, weren't you? What was that about a month ago? You've been stalking me. Well, no, um, uh, <laughs> yes. our, our mutual friend, uh, yes. Mark Robinson, yeah, Robbo, um, who we're gonna because we've name dropped him, he's going to have to listen to this now. Yeah, yeah, um, was on it as well, and he yeah. told me that you were there. Yes, I was on that. I was on the one before that. Yes, um, I was. Um, I was on the Trump march, and I will go on another Trump march as well. Because he's coming, coming back on in state June. Visit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck Trump. Yeah. Orange bell end. <laughs> yeah. I was on the Iraq march. Yeah. I do march. I've seen them all. I've, I've seen them all, and I'm, I'm really behind the Extinction Rebellion supporters. Also, I think they're doing it really well. They're doing it with art, music, and culture. Mm-hmm. You know, they're doing it beautifully, and they've got a good cross-section. Mm. Yeah, I think so. I, what I like about them is that they're trying to get as many people as arrested as possible. Like, it's they've turned... It's on its head. Yeah. yeah. And I, I really like that as an approach. Well, there was an article, I can't remember what I was reading, and the police said something like, we've arrested hundreds of nice people, of good people. <laughs> and it's just like, it's unheard of. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, you haven't seen any trouble around no. any of them. No. And I think they've been really clear from the, from the off. This is peaceful, nice yeah. people that just believe in something, um, and they want to make a stand to try and make change. Mm. I, d- I also love their creativity. Yeah. I love the fact they've gone, you know what, we're going <laughs> to put a, uh, we're going to put a, a, a giant pink boat in the middle of Oxford Circus. Yeah. Or like, you know, just stuff like that. You're like, I really like, because we do stunts. I mean, that's what we do a lot of uh, work with brands when we do stunts. And I wish that I'd thought of putting a giant yeah. pink boat in the middle of Oxford Circus. It's so on brand for us as well. It's like, <laughs> damn it. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it, it is a very strong brand and it's a great brand name, by the way. The Rebellion Extinction. Yeah. 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 But to have extinction yes. is really out there. It's like mm. saying we will be over yes. if you don't do something. And yeah. I think they're reminding people that they're being rebellious as well. Like, mm. I really like the name. And yeah. I really like the design work that's been done. Yeah. With the um like the the hourglass, like the you know, yes. time is ticking and, and the X in there yeah. and things. I think it's well, really I've strong. I've seen like fifteen year olds on the tube with their plaques and that sort of thing and they get really creative with it on their 
just with pens and, and crayons and stuff, it's amazing. Yeah. I wanted to ask about, with your experience in ad agencies and that sort of thing, what do you think of the advertising that's being pumped out today? What are your honest thoughts? I very rarely pay any attention to advertising today. Yeah. It's, I'm not in really in the business anymore, so I don't have to professionally. Mm. And there's nothing that really speaks to me. So I, I go to the cinema quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, brands used to really pu- push the boat out for their cinema ads, didn't they? Yeah. And now I just sit there and go, I think that was another car ad, but maybe it was vodka. <laughs> 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 It was I'd, definitely a hipster with a beard in it. So, yes. you know. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> and I also, I do get quite a laugh out of what comes up on my social media feed because I think I'm a bit of a freak. So I'll get things like, you know, incontinence pants and um, maternity wear. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, either you've got me too old or too young here. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll get like bloke stuff. Like I got a, a dating site for men the other day coming up so it's not working is it really it's all a bit haphazard yeah so um no i'm not really aware of anything no which is the terrible point. you know like the, the whole point of advertising is that it sh- it should stop you that's the whole point yeah should reach you yeah um but it doesn't it, and so few do now um it's not i mean we did talk about this on the on the phone when we were chatting a few weeks ago that actually it's not as if it was home run after home run back in the 70s and 80s there were just more home runs then it wasn't like just a hit factory where every single thing that was produced was an abs- you know it was an absolute stellar piece of advertising no. it's just that there was there, there were some yeah. <laughs> whereas now there are almost none yeah there, there's a bus stop outside my flat and i honestly can't tell you what the ad was on it when i walked past it this yeah. evening on my way down here yeah which is terrible. And you go to the cinema, like the cinema, we talked, when, who, it was Nikki Kemp, who, um, yes. a journalist from Campaign who's fantastic. She was on uh, on the podcast, oh, like well, a couple of months ago. And she, was, she also loves the cinema. She was saying, how can it be that at the cinema where you have no other distractions, you know, you're sat in a seat in a dark room mm. waiting for something to start. You know, you, you have no other distractions, yet you still have to sit through shit. It's such a missed opportunity is the point she massively. was making. Massively, yeah, yeah, massively. Like I could tell you, like the uh, the orange um, ads from uh, Orange Wednesdays for the the um, the cinema ads from fifteen twenty years ago, they're fucking brilliant. Where they used to have American guy, people would come in and pitch an idea for a movie, and then he would go, "Well, hey, we're we're orange, so we're going to sponsor this," and they try and get orange and and tell mobile phones into the movie. I could tell, I could probably tell you two or three ads that ran that, and that was twenty years ago. I couldn't tell you one now. They were awesome. That was such a good idea. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah, I'm really, really good. And they ran for maybe 10 years, I'd say. A long, long time. Different ones each time. No. It's not that absolute... Orange doesn't exist no more. EE. Yeah. EE but... is bullshit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> FYI. Side note. <laughs> and speaking of Tosh, hello, Tosh got a Toshiba. Yes. That was one of Dave, Dave Trotts. Dave Trotts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but I no. mean, that was, bef- way was before, before you, you were, you were born. born. <laughs> okay. And it was Tosh. Yeah. It was Tosh. It was memorable Tosh. Yeah. yeah. That is one of my things about the babies that have got flushed out with the digital bath water. Yes. You know, that even though the advertising industry claims to be more inclusive now, I don't mm. think it is at all. You know, we used to have Barra boys and bankers' kids and people with degrees in medicine and even biochemists. Yeah. Who <laughs> let them in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I think it was much more intellectually diverse mm. than yes. it seems to be now. It seems to be just 
one way of thinking, mm-hmm. which is a little bit dull. Which is why it all looks the same. Yeah. yeah. You've been described as a ranty London witch. Mm. How come? Yeah. <laughs> why? Because you're so nice. Yeah. What? <laughs> I think I I come across as nice. Oh. <laughs> and I am nice to people unless they cross me. That's not a bad thing. And if they cross me, then they have to answer for that. Yeah. So I will be quite challenging. I think it was my son who once referred to me as aggressively polite. (laughs) (laughs) So British. Yes, I just walk up and say what I think in a very nice way, usually quite measured. I very rarely go off on one, Mm. unless... (laughs) Proper drink. Unless I've been drinking... More champagne. (laughs) Vast amounts of red wine, which Mm. really make me angry. It's not the wine that makes me angry, it's life that makes me angry, but the wine (laughs) allows it. So, yeah. And in some of my stand-up, I mean, I'm absolutely raging about inequality still. Mm. I'm still raging about inequality. Because... What did my grandmothers do all that for? What did my mum do all that for? What did I do all that for? And we are still seeing a 20% pay gap. Yeah. What the fuck, guys? You know, it's mm. been going on for too long. Um, why is it that all the most of the kids that are involved in knife crime in my neighbourhood are black? Well, it's because they're poor. And why is that still going on? Why don't these boys have a chance mm-hmm. to get out of this? Yeah. And they're terrified, like you said, they're terrified of going to university because they can't imagine how they would ever pay off 50 grand's worth of debt. And they don't understand the, you've got to be earning so much. Mm -hmm. Just the idea of debt terrifies them. Yeah. So, yeah, I rant and rage about social inequality. I just think the world has to be a better place if everyone is equal, doesn't it? Yeah, completely. It's quite simple. It's quite straightforward. Let's think about things we have achieved in the time we've been trying to achieve gender equality. Like, we have developed... Nuclear weapons, yeah. for example. There was no financial barrier to that, Mm-mm. was there? No. Um, we've armed all sorts of regimes around the world. There wasn't a barrier to that. So what's the barrier to pay equality? Yeah, it's insane. What's the barrier to free education mm-hmm. for everyone? Don't get it. Backwards. Call me naive. I just think it's fucking men protecting the status quo yeah. quite a lot of the time. It's a bit shit, really. That's why I wear the giant penis on my head sometimes when I do the stand-up. Please yeah. talk about the dildo. Right. There's <laughs> a number of stories about the dildo. So I, I was having a comedic rant about the gender pay gap, mm-hmm. which I, I do love statistics. It's I'm a proper nerd. I love them. And the, the gender pay gap is actually 18% at the moment. Okay. And the gender weight gap is 19%. So the average man weighs 19% more than the average woman. Right. So I said in that, girls, if you just ate more fucking donuts, you would be paid more because yes. obviously people are paid by weight. Like you pay for cheese, you wouldn't pay the same for 100 grams of cheese as 119 grams. So I love that. Girls, you've got to eat more. <laughs> and then I get the giant dildo out of my bag and strap it on my head and say, and you get one of these because everybody who's paid more than you has one of these. So simply get one of these. Mm-hmm. And then I get a toy gun out of my bag and go, and, and if that doesn't work, get one of these and yeah. just threaten people. Um, lives. <laughs> however, when I ordered the dildo, I didn't realise quite how large it was. Yeah. <laughs> and it was delivered to my flat. I live in a building with six flats in it. Mm. And we've got a WhatsApp group. And oh, I got no. this message from one of my neighbours saying, um, 
delivery for you. I've left it on your doorstep. It's a funny shape. Ha ha. <laughs> and I knew what it was. Yeah. And I'm like, I wonder if there's any labels on the packaging. That Huge dildo. <laughs> and it really was packed in a... Yeah. Dildo-shaped box. <laughs> it was a phallic shape, shall we say. Uh, and then I, I travelled to, I was doing a gig in Soho House, actually, mm-hmm. and I had this carrier bag with the giant dildo <laughs> and the toy gun in it on the bus, on the 73. And I'm going, if this bag falls over... That's it. It's all over. You're arrested, it? that's yeah. it. Yeah. 60-year-old <laughs> woman arrested with toy gun and dildo. Giant, yeah. giant dildo. Giant dildo. In terrorist attack on number 73 <laughs> bus. Yeah. Knocking people out with it. Um, did you order it from lovehoney.com by any chance? I think I did. Yes. Yes. There we go. I think so we've had I them did. on the we've had them on the podcast. We love honey. Love, love honey. We love love honey. I yes. do have a gag about batteries, actually. Okay. Because there's a certain size of well, not that I know, obviously. <laughs> but there's a certain size of battery that goes in the slender love honey vibrators. Right. Which own, are only used for that. Ugh. So if you buy those, everybody knows what you're buying it for. True. True. Yeah. True. But then I mean, fuck it, everybody does it. There we go. I mean, you put yours on your head. Yeah. <laughs> you might be the only person that does the <laughs> giant dildo on my forehead. This is not one that, honestly, you'd want to put anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. How do you whack to Nigel Farage with a dildo on my head? Yeah. Of course, like, of course. How else would you do it? <laughs> yeah, there's a limit. <laughs> Shall we stop this one now? We should stop this theme right now. Okay, done, done, done. But you, um, your, one of your clients uh, took offence. They were, they were mortally offended by the photograph of you. Um. So I had a new client, yes, and we all went to the pub after an intensive day's workshop, and one of them said, so I didn't know much about you, so I Googled you, and I'm like, oh, great, so, you know, what did you find out? He said, well, I Google imaged you. Oh. And he gets his phone out, and he passes around the table this picture of me wearing a bowler hat with a giant dildo on it. And uh, he said, do you really think it's appropriate to have images like that of yourself on the internet? So I just said, listen, if you don't like it, you don't use me. That's mm. all there is to it. Do you think yeah. it's appropriate to give your opinion when I haven't asked for it? <laughs> yes. I mean. Do you think it's appropriate to pass the photograph around the table? Yeah, bell end. <laughs> I mm. love it. I've saved it as my screensaver, I told you. <laughs> I love that. I love, it. I love that. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. I've loved it. We've had a chinwag. We've had a chinwag and a natter. We've had a right old natter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping it in. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do a cheers, guys. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. Thanks so cheers. much for having me on. It's such fun. And can I come back, please? Absolutely. The same time next week. Let's do it. <laughs> cheers. Yeah. Au revoir. Merci. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever does that. Yeah. <laughs>